0: Today we're wrapping up our series, Broken Mirrors. It's been a fun series to work through because the Apostle Paul is connecting with the Corinthian church. He's writing to this church that are failing to accurately represent God within the world. And this isn't unique to the Corinthian church. It is also true of us. All of us are like broken mirrors. The potential to fully and accurately reflect God in all areas of life is present. However, sin has caused the mirror to break. And we don't see God accurately, and others don't see God accurately in us. But it's the Holy Spirit that repairs the mirrors through our faith in Christ. And we're going to focus in on that today. So all who have the Spirit gaze with unveiled faces on the face of christ believers are transformed into christ's likeness by gazing intently on him they are transformed into his image from glory to glory just as he bears the very image of god being god's mirror god's wisdom within the world and believers are called to mirror to be the mirror of christ in the world so as i've said we all have the potential to reflect God to the world. Well, we don't do that. And oftentimes in our everyday experience, we experience kind of a disconnect between what it really means to be good within the world and because we look around just at our experiences and things are not quite as we would want them to be, as we maybe even think they should be. I've said this before, that we all have this picture or this this perception of the way the world is going and sometimes we fall into the trap where the world is always going the wrong way but there's a solution in the midst of this because while we pretend at times that like the mirror ain't broke things ain't wrong we have the potential to bring a transforming presence into the midst of every and any circumstance. And that comes through the power of Christ. Personal renewal, personal transformation, personal change brings corporate change, brings outward change, brings outward transformation. We don't often see this, because our confidence is in something else other than Christ. And that's what we looked at in week one. And the thing that we have our confidence in something else will always fail. The scorecard, we, we can't ever get a good enough score. One of the dominant narratives in our culture where we try to keep score is having a certain level of moral performance, being good enough. But we need to rid that out of our lives. Because it's like trying to use a fractured mirror, holding onto it just in case. And I hope you're starting to, to see where some of the pathway is going, what we've done so far. And if you missed one of those weeks, I would encourage you to go back and pick it up and, and start at the first week. Because the first week we said we got to identify that the mirror is broken, the second week... Quit playing by that other scorecard and get actually get rid of the mirror. Don't hold on to it, even if it's by good moral performance. And this week, we look, we're going to look at what it looks like to actually get a brand new mirror and why that is so appealing. See, Christ, when we put our faith in him, he gives us this new mirror. And we begin to find his truth, his justice and grace, and reflect that. And so our lives is like the metaphor of the mirror. It, it's we're able to actually begin to reflect this into the world. But we need Christ to give it to us because we are like broken mirrors. And what will happen is if we don't look to Christ, if we don't receive the new mirror, then we will just perpetuate the brokenness that we so desperately want to eradicate. And in today's passage... Paul is writing about how the Spirit brings this healing, brings this transformation, brings this change. And sometimes we think it should happen instantly. Like we say a few magic words and boom, everything is all better. The way this works, the way the change that we want to see comes into reality is not by saying some, magic words. It's not by pretending to be something that we're not. It's not by playing by some external scorecard. At the end of the day, it comes as a gift because of Jesus. It's not something we can earn or something we can aspire to do, but it's something that we receive. And sometimes that can be kind of nebulous, because maybe you've been around church circles a little bit, and you've heard, well, yeah, I understand I'm supposed to put my faith in Christ. But what does that actually mean? How, how does that begin to play out in our life? Well, what that means is we seek to look only to Him for our source of identity and purpose. And we gaze intently on him, and Paul's the reason he keeps using the metaphor of the mirror, th- the reason he talks about the veil being over our faces, that, that keeps us from actually looking to Jesus. There are all these things that, that try to keep us, our attention elsewhere. Because when we actually begin to fully see Jesus through the reading of his word, through time with him, in prayer, through the embodied community of other people who have said yes to following Jesus we begin to realize there are some things in our life that need repaired, need, that need changed. And we don't always quite identify that on a, on a first glance. But given enough time, given enough gazing intently on him, the brokenness begins to be healed. And this happens through the work of the Holy Spirit. Now, growing up, the Holy Spirit wasn't something that was readily talked about in my church experience. And so for me, it's I've been going on a journey of learning what it looks like to walk in step with the Spirit. And again, walk is just another metaphor to say, to, to be friends with, to communicate with, to, to filter my thoughts, my actions, my behaviors, my, my total life of who I am through the wisdom of the Holy Spirit. It's almost like if you were to sit down for a cup of coffee with someone and, and, and you're sitting there and the person's across from you, the, the way we should should interact with the Holy Spirit is like the Holy Spirit's there sitting across from us and we're able to have an actual conversation and filter and process through the Spirit. And the Spirit, what it will do is bring back to us to the perspective and image of Christ. Now, I said that wasn't my experience. I, I had always been told it's like you've got the Father, the Son, and kind of like the, the super spiritual Bible, well, the, the Bible and the Holy Scriptures point us to the character of the Father. Help us learn the stories of how the Son lived his life on earth. And ultimately, this is what the Spirit uses to help guide us and direct us. And so we must be friends with the Holy Spirit to, to lead and guide and direct us. So, maybe that's new to you. And maybe that even sounds kind of ethereal or spiritual, and that that doesn't quite make sense. What I would encourage you is to to start a practice of maybe maybe a meet-up with God, a meet-up with the Holy Spirit, where you decide, hey, I'm going to sit down and have a cup of coffee with the Spirit, and talk to the Spirit like I would talk to a friend. And the reason I would invite you to consider this, no matter where you're at on your spiritual journey, is because of what Paul says to the Corinthian church. He says that the Lord is the Spirit, and where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. See, on our own, we can't be the people we want to be. We certainly can't be the people who reflect God's glory. Glory being the manifestation of God's presence within the world. We're trapped by our emotions and desires. But when we turn to the Lord, Jesus sets us free through the Spirit. Instead of hearts shrinking in fear from God's glory, we receive hearts that delight in His glory. We're motivated no longer by the fear of law, but by the opportunity to experience His very presence. Who He is is freedom sometimes though it, it can be it can be a buzzword freedom isn't the absence of restrictions freedom is a right relationship in the midst of all circumstances to know what you are and what you aren't meaning the pressure's off it's been alleviated you don't have to pretend to be someone else you don't have to to put on the uh, appearance of for, for someone else or even for yourself to, to maintain approval or control or to garner power you can simply be present because the presence of the Holy Spirit is in you attributing describing confirming your right relationship and that brings freedom to know who you are and who you aren't right now wherever you are if you've got a picture in your head that you think you should be someone, that you should be further along, that maybe you aren't worthy of love uh, because of a parent or the way a spouse treats you, or, or maybe you just you, you want some respect from your kids and you just aren't quite getting it, and those lies and those whispers start to come in, allow the Holy Spirit to minister to your soul. Say, who you are as a loved child of God. And for some of you, you might not know what that fully means or how how to express that or even how to experience that. But That's the beautiful thing about the Holy Spirit is we don't have to know how, we don't have to create a timeline, we don't have to create a program, we don't have to to outline all these steps. It just simply starts by opening ourselves up to looking at Christ and inviting the Holy Spirit to confirm who God says we are. Because second, as Paul says, we all will be like with unveiled faces, be able to behold the glory of the Lord. See, when we turn to the Lord, we begin to display God's glory. It's not through that program or through trying harder or pulling up our bootstraps. Because anytime we try that, we become like Moses. Our lives, our faces shining uh, with radiant glory of God, but, but preventing others from seeing it. When we begin to meet with God, we don't want to restrict. God's glory to different aspects of our life. We, we want it to be unveiled, to, to shine freely and brightly for others to see. We want to radiate. The presence of God will radiate in our lives when we meet with Him. Let's make sure that we don't, again, put that veil over by, by looking to other things as our source of confidence, identity, our purpose. Because when we look and behold the glory of the Lord, as with unveiled faces, we will be transformed into His likeness. See, when we turn to the Lord through spending time with Him, through recognizing that the mirror is broken and setting aside the things that we have previously found our identity and that we have found our purpose in, that that we have looked to for the external scorecard, when are we going to set that aside begin to turn to him we will then be changed with ever-increasing glory and we're changed from one degree of glory to another see we already reflect God's glory that's intrinsic because of who we are and how we are made We're, we're made in God's image and likeness but we reflect that most purposefully and most authentically when we appreciate who we are in Jesus right now where we are people in christ who are who are not known for their guilt but for their innocence not known because of their shame but for their honor not known based off uh, for, for their fear or cowardice but known for the power present within them and today if this is you, who, who wants that? Who wants the shame to be eradicated? Who wants the guilt to be removed? Who wants to feel some power for once in their life? This is only available in Jesus. And that's why we're celebrating baptisms. That's why we've invited you all month long to make decisions. Because we believe as you, as you make these decisions, they will help you pivot your face, turn your face to Jesus. To begin to radiate his glory, to, to communicate your confidence fully in Christ. Become more, become people of grace and truth, of love and purity. So forth, when we turn to the Lord, we're changed with that, with that ever increasing glory. But the challenge is, as we hear that, and we think glory in terms of. Maybe honors or prestige or being put up on a pedestal or like, like the, when, the, when the Olympics start and, and people come in and w- with, their, with their countries and how amazing that is and how you get to represent something and then when you do really well, you're put up on a pedestal and, and people go, oh man, they're the best sprinter, the best swimmer, the best the shot putter, you know, the best soccer team. Sometimes we, we think that's what we should be pursuing. That's the glory that we should be after. The challenge for our lives is to recognize that we already have that in Christ but to bring that to the everyday see most of us don't live lives that are considered great by the world for us what our hope is is that everyday faith consists not in heroic acts but in a thousand small decisions allowing God to shape our steps See, God gives us the opportunity to fill the mundane, the ordinary things with his glory. See, how you go to work, how you parent your kids, how you interact with your spouse, how you take care of, of your house, how, how you perceive your desire to, to have a good work ethic, there, there, it's, it's all in the, in the small decisions. When you show up to a grocery store and someone is there and you hold the door open for them. Or you're maybe a little courteous or, or someone gets your coffee order wrong and instead of flipping out, you respond with a smile and some kindness and maybe still ask for your correct order. But how you do it becomes intrinsically different. Your character who you are in your priorities what you do because of Christ because of Jesus those actions those habits what you do have the opportunity to fill be filled with God's glory with God's presence really to embody God's presence wherever he has placed you where you live where you work where you play again glory is the manifestation of the presence of god it's embodied and this happens through the holy spirit it happens through you see people are you are wanting to see their guilt removed and be seen as innocent People are waiting to, to feel less shame and feel honorable, to experience uh, the removal of shame and be restored to honor. People are, are, are tired of fearing, feeling fearful and want to ha- have some intrinsic power that then empowers them to, to know and be honest about their weaknesses, but experience God in the midst of that. And that happens through the embodied church living by the power of the Holy Spirit, bringing God's presence wherever they showed up. And that's not through the church proper. It's not through some program that Generations is putting together and organizing. No, the church is the people. The church is you. See, you bring the presence of God when you surrender yourself, when you you know who you are and whose you are in Jesus and allow the Holy Spirit to change your life, to bring that transformation. You bring that wherever you go so you don't have to look for someone else to bring that or you don't have to wait for some outside source to come in and and do something. God has perfectly placed you right where you are to embody his character and priorities through the Holy Spirit. And it's through the Spirit that gives us the desire to do what is right and opposes our old sinful desires to do what is wrong. Sometimes, though, we like the sound of that. But when we get in the quiet of our homes, when we're tired and exhausted, when we're mentally and emotionally just too tired to keep up the pretense, we wonder, can God really use us? Can he really use us? When I know I was supposed to say something good and kind and do something and instead, said you, we, we say something mean and hateful. When we identify people by what they've done rather than who Christ has called us to, to be to them, which is to love and to be patient, to be filled with truth and grace. And we wonder... What should we do? How to respond? Can we keep going? Can God really use us? The real us. Not the pretend us. Not the better versions of ourselves that we wish on ourselves or the idealized versions. Real us. Because how is the real us supposed to bring good news to people? Because that's what Jesus has done. He has brought good news. He brings freedom. He brings relief. He brings refreshment. He brings someone to, to, to put their, someone's arm around themselves, to, to, to truly care, to go above and beyond, to not just say the right things that sound good and that sound right, but actually to be physically present, to, to care for others. Here's the good news. When you're too tired to keep up the pretense, when you're not sure you have enough energy to keep going, when you wonder, well, I'm sure sure I've blown it now because of what we've said or what we have did in our past. Here's the good news. That's the you that God precisely wants to use not to pretend you, the one that has to keep up the pretense, not the one that's trying to play by some external scorecard, the real you. Because it's in the everyday things of life that the presence of Christ radiates. And so what does this everyday glory look like? It looks like expectation without agenda that we expect God to show up through us, even in our moments of weakness. Not because of what we can do or who we can fix or what we can initiate, but to, to know that we, we, we are connected to a loving and powerful God and He is already at work within the world. And that the Holy Spirit is on the move in other people's lives just as He has moved in ours. So we can simply show up fear's flaws baggage and all and be honest and sincere and expect god to work without an agenda again because it's not through the church proper not through the organization but through the organisms us me and you to embody the glory of god bringing healing to others lives why why I, I share this that, that that we can have this expectation without agenda wherever we go where we wherever you live work and play you can have this expectation without agenda seems like we fall into a trap though the trap or the lie we listen to that actually keeps us in bondage where Christ wants to free us from and for is what I like to call someday people one day people or are we really everyday people? Someday people are the ones that say, oh, I'm sure I'll, I'll eventually change. Uh, it'll all eventually experience the healing. I'll, I'll eventually experience freedom from addiction, but, but not today. There's, there's no way God could use me. When, we're, when we're, we're ashamed of our weakness or, or we look at something in our past that we're guilty of or, or we're fearful of what someone else might say, we say, yeah, yeah, someday that, w- that will be fixed, someday that will be believed. And Honestly, we do that because we're not wanting to look into the mirror of Christ who says, no, someday doesn't have to be someday. Someday can be today. Or are we one day people where we say, yeah, yes, yeah, Sunday's coming. It's broke, but at least I'll, I'll get there on Sunday. I'll do it that one day a week. I'll, I'll make sure it's, it's, all, it's all right. You know, I'll, At least I'm at church on Sunday, or at least I did this one thing that one day. and we recognize that in the mirror that we're trying to reflect the, the image that we're trying to portray, it's broke, but we try to justify it and say, "Well, at least I'm looking." And if you're a someday or a one-day people, I just want to ask, how's it going? Are you exhausted? Are you tired? Are things going your, your way? You feel like there's a weight or there's this pressure to get it right. The Spirit of the Lord is there is freedom. Right now, God wants to rec- you to recognize that, that His Spirit is within you if you're a follower of Jesus. That it doesn't have to be Sunday and you don't have to live for one day, but that you can live every day with freedom, with relief, with power. And that's why we need each other. That's, that's why we need the churches to remind each other that we have access. That, that we can reflect the glory of God in our everyday lives. Because the Lord is the Spirit. So it seems abstract and nebulous and, and that we can't quite touch it. And We can't quite touch Him. But it's through people who live out the character and priorities of Jesus that, that truly bridge the gap. Between someday and one day, and show every day. See what everyday faith looks like, what everyday people look like is being someone who texts someone routinely throughout the week saying, just checking in. Not to fix or to problem solve, but just to hear. Say I love you, I support you, tough day at work. It's all right. Tomorrow's a new day. I'm on your team. I'm on your side. God's not forgotten you. That's why I'm texting you. It looks like cleaning up after yourself at a coffee shop, maybe after a loud discussion about something in faith because there are other people watching that you don't even know are watching and observing. But you decide to clean up. You decide to put the chairs back. You decide to put everything in. You decide to abide by the coffee shop rules, not because you have to or because you're required to, but because you choose to, because you know in that moment somebody is seeing God's presence in you because you're trusting that God is at work in the space you are. It's evaluating your motives before you just hit share on that social post. It's, it's thinking about your neighbor who has a dog, and as you gra- go to grab your dog a treat, you decide to grab them one as well. It's saying, I will pursue people. Not when it's convenient for me, but when it's at times inconvenient. When I know that God has placed them in the space where I live, work, and play, and there I can reflect who He is to them. And again and again, we won't live this everyday mentality. We won't live this everyday faith if we don't come back to who Jesus is. Because when we try to do it on our own strength, or our own power, because we're supposed to or we ought to, we'll begin to feel distant from God, disconnected from His power, and indifferent to His glory. And that's a recipe for sin. That's a recipe for being a broken mirror and breaking other mirrors. And so, when we come to the cross, when we come to Jesus again and again, It's saying I'll pursue a way to help me look rightly in the mirror. It's saying I'll put myself in proximity to others so that they can reflect God's glory to me and I to them. It's saying I'll be generous with my time, talents, and energy because God was generous to me. It's sharing the the truth in contrast to the lies of the world proximity with others. So I I don't know where you're at today. Maybe you feel like God is distant and disconnected from your everyday experience. Maybe you feel like you want to live out this experience of faith, but you just can't quite grasp it, just can't quite (laughs) express it just right. Well, I just want to invite you along for the journey to keep doing this again and again. Maybe it's watching a teaching. Maybe it's taking a next step. Maybe it's saying yes to Jesus in baptism. Maybe it's joining a team, or maybe it's giving generously to generations for the first time. Because that's our hope. That's our vision. It's to be everyday people who are committed to expanding God's family together because of Jesus for generations to come. Come on. Consider going on that journey with us.